the main event, episode 19. Man, I'm happy to be back for another week. Let's get it. Welcome, welcome, welcome back for another episode of the main event. It's me, your main man, the main attraction, and it's your homeboy, NC, Jermaine Parker, your host of the main event. And, uh, man, I can't be, I can't be happier this week. Um, we got a lot going on. And, uh, man, I'm just going to jump right into it. Let's be still. All right. So, um, uh, first and foremost, I want to say um, congratulations to my oldest daughter, Kyle Lauren Parker. Um, she, uh, she competed in this year's science fair, her first one she got to compete in. And, uh, she won at her school, um, and then moved on to the regionals. Um, she had a honorable mention, um, uh, for a grade level and almost, almost, and when you get the honorable mention, that's kind of like first runner up is, uh, almost getting to, uh, the state. Actually, um, when I was talking to her mom, uh, she was telling me, uh, some stuff, but I, I got an email this morning. So two of her classmates at, at the school actually did uh, win and go on to state. And so her and another young lady uh, got the honorables and almost made a state. And then they had uh, two other people that got uh, awards for their projects and their respective uh, categories like biology and stuff. And water conservation, I think the other one was. Um, so um, big up <laughs> to my big baby. Uh, daddy is extremely proud. Uh, you know, it's so funny. Um, so I, I, I put that on social media and stuff and naturally you, you put kids out there. <laughs> People respond like I'm proud of my kids. My kids did this. People respond and stuff. And, uh, and my mom, who's my mom. So she's, she, she's biased. She's like, well, I remember. Uh, you won, uh, and she's right. I did. Uh, my brother did too. I think we did the same, uh, hokey, um, uh, volcano stuff. And we ended up at, uh, regionals, uh, with no accolades, just, you know, all right, take your volcano, go home. Um, these kids, now, it's a couple different things. These kids now, um, the projects that they're doing, like, uh, the project that I entered, um, that I suggested for her was like mold and, you know, blah, blah. Uh, her project was actually on, uh, the correlation between, uh, smell and taste. And <clears throat> why I'm really proud is that, um, uh, 
my, she's not the one of my two daughters that like really enjoys school. My my youngest daughter Kennedy, she enjoys uh, school. Uh, my oldest one, not not so much. I'm not even really sure. My she's one of those kids that doesn't like really like other kids because they're stupid. She's that kid, and uh, so for her to actually um, research uh, a project, a topic, and a project, and get everything on her own because you know she she wanted to do what was interesting to her, and she found that to be interesting, and to be able to articulate that well enough um, to to win her school and then to almost make it to state. And, uh, that's outstanding. The, the other thing is, is it's funny because people, uh, love to give you compliments. Like when your kids do stuff, um, like if I had a son, he went to the NFL, I don't know. It's like, man, you were a pretty good athlete yourself. I don't know. It's just like people want to assign stuff to your DNA and stuff. And, and that's cool. Um, uh, her mom is not a dummy by, by any stretch. So I know a lot of people want to be like, man, she's just, you know, you got a big brain. I don't know. Uh, I, I, I think, I, I think I'm cool. Um, I'm not, I don't put, uh, I don't put my fingers on the words when I read. So, um, <laughs> average or better. Uh, but her mom has her, um, her, her undergrad degrees in biology. Uh, she has an associates in, uh, uh, lab technician. Um, so uh, it's, it's it's not just me. So shout out to her mom for uh, giving up half of that uh, smart ass DNA uh, so our daughter could achieve. And uh, it might be the greater half. Fuck, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> I appreciate it. It ain't just me. Um, just like, just like my my uh, my girls are gonna be tall. My uh, my my ex, their mom is a uh, she's six foot. I'm six foot four. Um, so yeah, give them about three or four years and they're going to start crushing on people. Um, but, uh, no, no, I, uh, completely proud father's proud moment. Um, kid, kids are like that, ain't they? You know, they just, uh, they will follow up a really genuinely proud moment with some, uh, some dumb ass shit. Uh, <laughs> they, they, they really will. They really will. Um, but, like I said, I, you know, I was proud, so I posted that on, uh, on Facebook and I posted it on my Instagram. Um, but it actually kind of runs for the, for the theme, uh, for this week's show. Uh, I don't do this for the likes. <laughs> um, I, and I, and I really don't. I don't do this, uh, for the likes and I don't think that you should either. I think that a lot of times, uh, in today's society, we're putting way too much value on what our internet uh, approval is, what our, what our celeb, what our what our celebrity is online, and um, yeah, I just uh, I, I think it's kind of eroding the humanity that we have. Um, because people aren't doing things because that's what they want to do. They're doing them because I think that's what people want to see. And I think that's what people want to hear. Yeah, you know, I was listening to this guy uh, earlier um, in the week, and he, he made a really good point. So I'll, I'll uh, in in the news this week, um, there are two things that I'll, I'll kind of draw attention to. So the, the, the actor from Empire, um uh, Jesse Smollett, I think his name is. Uh, I watched like the first season of the Empire. 
Um, there's a woman involved, my ex. Uh, but, but I hadn't watched it since then. So anyway, but I, I kind of, I, I know his character is and stuff. And, um, so he was in Chicago and he reportedly got, uh, jumped by some MAGA wearing Trump supporters who dumped chemicals on him and put a noose around his neck. And, um, you know, when I first heard this, I'm like, man, that is, that is just fucking outrageous fucking outrageous um but like one of the things that i am learning and i personally had to learn especially this year um especially for me because i do the podcast weekly and so i want to talk about the topics that happened during the week since the last podcast or 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 even maybe a little bit further back and, and it might might end up being like that for a lot of things because you just kind of got you, you gotta let things simmer down and cool down uh, before you can make a lot, there, there's some things that I think, um, you could probably get enough evidence on the first go to kind of make a judgment, but a lot of things just need context. Um, just like your life needs context. I think a lot of people rush through, um, their lives trying to figure out, you know, am I on track for this or that and stuff? I'm like, yo, you gotta be in context. I was <laughs> talking to, uh, my squadron commander and we were talking about some fixes and stuff. And one of the things he told me was, Hey, be patient with me. This stuff's not going to happen overnight. I was like, I don't, I don't, I don't expect it to because it didn't get broke overnight. Um, <laughs> I mean, same thing, same thing with like exercise and losing weight. You did get fat overnight. That didn't happen. You didn't like, you know, have a cheat meal and blow the fuck up. You've been cheating your ass off, uh, consistently, uh, for weeks or months. Uh, and that's what happened or years. And so you're going to have to have that same consistency on the reverse end to, um, to make things work. But so I'm, I'm listening to the story and so it's Chicago and like for historical context, they had a, uh, a Arctic vortex. Um, and, uh, Hey, do me a favor. <laughs> if you don't know the difference between, uh, weather and climate, uh, number one, Google it. Number two, if you're still confused, please stop listening to me. <laughs> Every time I see you on a stupid ass damn post talking about, oh, it's global warming. Uh, the earth is getting hotter every year. That's anyway, Google it. Uh, but there was a winter vortex that hit Chicago and I know early in the week, um, uh, I got a good friend, her and her husband and their kids live up in Chicago. And I kind of texted her. <laughs> I was like, Hey, you know, I is going to be like 50 below out there. You know, be safe. She's like, I, I got more, uh, more issues walking on the south side in the summertime than I do with 50 below weather. So I was like, okay, well, fuck Chicago. Um, <laughs> dum, 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 dum. But so it's like cold as fuck all last week in Chicago. And so like Jesse's out at like two o'clock in the morning, which I, I didn't know. So he's out at two o'clock in the morning going to get a Subway sandwich. Um, I don't, <laughs> I have actually been out late at night trying to get a Subway sandwich. Context. I was in St. John's and we were leaving early the next morning to go over, uh, on our way over to, uh, Iraq or Afghanistan. It doesn't really matter. And I thought to myself, Oh man, I forgot to go get a, something to eat for the, uh, eight hour plane ride the next day. So I got my ass up and luckily there was a subway that was like, didn't close like 11. 
So I was able to get me a sandwich. Um, so I'm, I'm, so I'm not saying that you can't be hungry or there might be some, um, some circumstances that wouldn't, that would drive you out. Um, and it was, uh, St. John's, Newfoundland. And so it was cold as fuck. It was generally always cold when I went, for whatever reason, when I went there, it was always cold. I went there a couple times in the summer, but, um, I'm not saying that he, he couldn't have been looking for a Subway sandwich. It was just, you know, kind of interesting two o'clock in the morning, cold as fuck. You're out there looking for a Subway sandwich. And, um, when the police, uh, he wouldn't get the police's phone. I hear, um, I also hear that they looked on the, the cameras and around the building and stuff that were close to where he said everything happened and they didn't find anything. Um, so because of, uh, the lack of, uh, evidence, uh, or the, the collabor- collaboration of, uh, evidence for everything he said, I think as the week has gone on, a lot of people are like, yeah, I don't really believe that should happen. And so the, the thing that we talk about with that is, is that a lot of people jump on that stuff. And I gotta tell you, the, the older I get, and especially with having children and stuff, when we talk about these social issues and stuff and their impact and stuff, I'm not just rah, rah, uh, talking about this shit because, um, you know, I have some kind of, uh, militant, um, or not militant, deviant intent, uh, for this. It may be militant, but it's militant because my children are, are, are dark skinned children. They're females. So when there's, there's issues, um, that pertain to that kind of stuff. Yeah. I get in high gear about that kind of shit. And when I hear, uh, about, uh, African Americans, uh, being attacked and being murdered and all this kind of stuff. And, uh, it does happen. Um, it's just, uh, you get geared to that kind of stuff because that's the narrative that you believe. And unfortunately, I think Jesse may have presented a narrative that was believable instead of maybe what was actually going on because he knew he'd get some traction and distraction from it. And it's just sad because if that's, if that's true, that what he's saying is not true, then it really only damages Uh, it really only damages our our stance and our belief, but we are so geeked, and it's not just not just me. When anybody hears a narrative that they were already predisposed to, that's what I believe. Because we, because we as human beings are geared to being in situations uh, and around things that we believe in and that, we're, that are familiar and comfortable to us. You know, if you grew up around certain people. I, I guarantee you that's probably what your friends look like, you know, because that's what you grew up with. That reminds you of home, familiar. Um, there's a certain way of talk and, and culture and stuff that you are familiar with and traditions that you are familiar with and stuff. You know, maybe, maybe salt and pepper is too fucking spicy for you because you didn't grow up with any goddamn seasoning. Maybe you want some fucking raisins and your potato salad. Um, you're a fucking banned for life in my house. If, you were ever to do some dumb shit like that, Karen. Um, <laughs> but so we, we hear these stories and stuff and we, and we automatically, uh, spring into action when we're triggered like that by these stories and stuff. And, uh, man, I, I 
it's one of those kind of deals. I hope it's not true um, that he was attacked, and then I hope it's not true that he, that he lied. You know what I mean? I, I just – you can't do this shit for likes. You, you can't tell stories because you think that that's what's going to get you the followers or the attention that you're looking for. And, and I, I mean, I just don't know. I, I don't know. I wasn't there. I'm, I'm just saying, what are you saying, Jermaine? What I'm saying is, is that I think that there has to be some time. I think the outrage probably needs to, 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 to roll back a notch. Um, and that, that includes myself. Uh, when I hear stuff, I, I've got to be able to digest it because one of the things that you got to understand is, is that, um, the news, uh, whether, uh, whether people are journalists or not. And, and I know like, uh, Sean Hannity, I know Fox, uh, they got, they got sued over in, in Europe and they basically had to say that they were entertainment. Well, you know, well, you can't take what we say seriously because it's entertainment. We're not actually newscasters. And like, that's some bullshit. Uh, because <laughs> you have in your name, Fox News. Uh, the daily show is actually just a daily show. It's not daily news or, you know, it doesn't, doesn't purport to be a actual newscast. Uh, it is, it is strictly a parody of news. And, um, but whether it be in print or it be, uh, television stuff, you have to understand, um, newspapers in this country got their start, uh, back in the day, uh, for campaigns and stuff. That's what they were. They were just flyers for campaigns for uh, political parties and stuff. Uh, so, um, the, the history, that's where the history of newspapers are. Uh, I think a lot of people would like to think that, uh, newspapers are, uh, there for information. And I'm, I'm here to tell you, uh, they're in it for the likes, uh, because they're a business. And quite honestly, some of the, some, some news or some, you know, a news, a newspaper is not a university. Um, and they're not there to educate. They're not there to inform. They are there to take advantage of whatever's on fucking fire. That's what they do. Literally, they show fires. Like somebody's house is burning and they show the fire department there because that gets your attention. And a lot of times when we get stories like this, that shit's on fire and we, and they know and they, and they fan flames. Um, by the headlines. It's so funny. Um, most people, especially if it's not from somebody that you want to hear from, you won't read their shit. Um, man, I, uh, damn, I can't even think of his name now, but I was given a suggestion by a friend of mine, like, hey, you should ch- uh, check, um, oh, Ben Shapiro. Um, yeah, check him out. Uh, that dude's an ass. <laughs> he is. Um, so like if there's something that he, he puts out or whatever, I'm not listening to that shit. Um, I'm not, um, uh, I don't listen, like I don't, I don't particularly listen to country music unless I'm somewhere where, you know, where it's playing. I don't have control of the radio and it's playing. Yeah, I listen to it then, but it's not something on my own I would fucking listen to. And that's how we are as a people. And so, when we're presented with uh, the news and they give these and, and they got to give headlines because they want to bring you in. Um, but these inflammatory headlines and stuff, 
we are naturally triggered and because that's that's their job again it, it's it's for money they're doing this shit for likes um, they want people to follow them and they want people to listen to them and that's how they get their 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 affluence um, a lot of people in this country bemoan uh, celebrities having a a platform to talk that I hear a lot of people talking about well Holly these guys in Hollywood they're just fucking actors and no one gives a shit what they're saying. Well, unless it's like Eastwood and, and he's saying exactly what the fuck you want to hear. Um, then, then, then he's not just an actor. He's a smart motherfucker. Uh, and that's just the way it works. When we hear the things that we already believe and that reinforce our beliefs and stuff, we gravitate to that stuff and maybe a little bit too fucking hard. We, we, we go too hard that way, gravitating towards things that just reinforce our perspective and not challenge it. You know, a couple podcasts ago, I was talking about how uh, that was good. Being challenged was good for your leadership and stuff because it made you have to defend your points. And, it, you know, and if you're being honest with yourself, maybe if, if you got a defense, you got a defense. If you don't have a defense uh, and you're being honest with yourself, you go, you know what? I have no idea why we do it that way. Suggestions? <laughs> because everybody always talks about getting better. But when everybody makes a suggestion for change, it's like, oh, no, we don't want to change this thing. It's like, but how do you think you're going to get better if you don't ever change anything? Or there's not ever a challenge presented for that change. And so how do we as people think that we're ever going to get better with our opinions and our views and stuff if we never allow challenges in? But uh, these newspapers are writing sensational headlines, um, stirring people up and stuff. And it's amazing how a lot of people, again, if you don't even like the people, you don't read past the subject matter, you just um, you just go ahead and go off on a tangent and get mad off of a headline. But a lot of times, the headlines because so here's what happens: a reporter writes a story, he turns the story in. The copy editor is the one that writes the headlines. He doesn't get to write his own headlines most of the time. Uh, copy editors do that hard work. They're the ones that. Uh, figure out which story goes where, how it fits on the page, all that kind of stuff. That's that's what their job is. And they're the ones, if you remember uh, Spider-Man and J. Jones Jameson, J. Jameson would uh, throw out, Spider-Man, menace to the public. And that was the headline. It didn't matter what the fucking damn story was about. He didn't write the story. That's not his job. His job is to sell newspapers. Um, because they do this shit for the likes. Um and so I, I, I guess my, my big thing with that is, is that if we can stop being uh, triggered by these uh, entertainment uh, entities, you know, whether it be print or um, or TV or social media, uh, especially on social media, um, I read something um, that like 42 percent. Of people get their information from Facebook. I can tell you right now, if you are getting your fucking news and information from Facebook, you are highly misinformed. Uh, there's, <laughs> that is probably the apical place for the term fake news. Uh, but there are a lot of people who are like, you know, Twitter is their only source of news or, you know, some social media is their only social news or whatever publication that they prefer, whether it be like a San Francisco Chronicle or a Washington Post in New York. You know, wherever it is, they go, oh man, I, you know, I, you know, that's the news. I, I trust that. Understand that that company is owned by somebody 
and that a lot of those companies uh, dictate uh, what uh, types of stories that they're allowed to put out there. There's lots of stories out there. How do they get chosen? What, you know, what's what's the criteria? A lot of parent companies put the criteria out there, like, yeah, we're, you know, if this is our political candidate, we're not going to run these types of stories about them. You know, or we'll we're, we'll give fluff pieces to them, and if we don't like somebody, that's we'll do the opposite to them. And and to me, that's not open and honest and fair. Um, fair was it fair and balanced from from Fox? It's not fair and uh, balanced reporting. Um, and even if there was a company out there that was independent that uh, that that, uh, that was run by Sunshine and Smiles and shit, uh, they would still be in it for the fucking likes. Because where you think Smiles come from? So I mean, as long as as long as these corporations, um, these entities out here work for money, um, if if you know what's the saying, if you don't watch the news, you'll be uninformed. But if you watch the uh, news, you'll be misinformed. Um, it's tough. A, a lot of it is dependent upon you doing your own individual research, um, trying to figure out what is and what is not. Like say, people try to hand it to you. Like I try to hand my daughter her project, and she's like, "Nah, I don't think I want to do that. I want to see if it's something interesting to me." And she did her own research, and that's what you got to do. So if a nine-year-old can do it, I'm just telling you, you can do it, and and do it and be successful. Um, you you've got the same tools. Uh, that she has a lot of you walking around with hundreds of dollars in your pocket in, in terms of your phone and that thing now just opens you up to the world so you know less time um uh of of, of your phone asking you if you're jacking off by yourself um <laughs> and, and more time on google trying to figure out uh what is what and what the history of stuff is you know because the other the other story that was out there uh, was the uh, governor from Virginia uh, on his in, in med school. It was like thirty something years ago. Here's a picture of um, a guy in blackface and uh, a guy in a Klan outfit. Um, now somebody said costume, but uh, I mean I've seen people make ghost costumes. If you got a Klan outfit, you got that for somewhere. No one makes up a clan outfit you own that motherfucker i now i'm just <laughs> i'm i'm a i'm gonna say that um you not you just happen to have a hood robe sure you do uh <laughs> you keep that bullshit lie to yourself uh but anyway so and um people were outraged um because they're like i can't believe the governor um was either in the blackface or the, the the clan outfit, and it's amazing how we continue to keep going back to the blackface and uh, continually having the, the conversations of, of why it's fucking offensive and where these minstrel shows started and what they meant. And uh, again, man, you got some time. You, <laughs> if you're confused, you can simply fucking Google it. But uh, so I guess on Friday. He uh, he apologized, and then on Saturday he walked everything back. Like, yeah, I don't think that was me. Um, you know, I, I know I said sorry yesterday, but you know, I, I've been thinking about that shit. I've been calling people, and I'm asking them to jog my memory. Like, man, you ever see me? Uh, <laughs> you ever see me in a clam hood or some blackface? And I guess what came out was he's like, well, I did use some shoe polish on my face one time because in a dance contest I was trying to be Michael Jackson. I don't know if you're old enough to remember. I'm 43. I'm old enough to remember the Michael Jackson commercials and stuff. 
And I remember there were all kind of kids dancing around trying to be Michael Jackson. Black kids, yellow kids, white kids. None of them took it upon themselves to put some shoe polish on because they thought, now, there's motherfuckers out there getting jerry curls. Man, side story, I want a jerry curl so fucking bad, and my daddy wouldn't let me have one. Would not let me have a jerry curl. I was, I was, I was already, uh, poor, and I just, all I wanted was a jerry curl. It wasn't that hard. My, my dad was like, fuck no. I love my dad so much because <laughs> there is not a picture of me anywhere with a goddamn jerry curl. Uh, <laughs> God bless that man for being stuck in his ways. Um, but, uh, but of all the things that you could do to try to harder Michael Jackson, put some shoe polish on your face and moonwalk it. And this is like the, the, the crazy shit is that he was at the press conference. And so I guess one of the reporters asked him about moonwalking and this motherfucker like looks around <laughs> like, I don't know, there's enough room for me to moonwalk here. And his wife has to stop him like, yeah, that, that's just, that's not inappropriate. Just, that'd be inappropriate right now. I guess he's like, oh, oh yeah, yeah, you know what? You're right. Uh, shout out to all the good women, uh, making, making dumbass men look good. God, women rule the world. Y'all really do. I don't know why you're treated so bad. Uh, <laughs> a, a lot, a lot of game, uh, comes from women. And, uh, so a, a dumbass man will be goaded into some, some shit like that. He was, he was really going to fucking moonwalk. That is fucking crazy. Um, you know, with that story, you know, talking about some time and distance and, and looking at stuff, well, it's been 35 years for the time for that. Uh, it's amazing. And so this dude, let me back up. So this dude is actually, he ran as a Democrat, but he's like, uh, he's been a Republican, um, all his political career up to that point. Um, but then, then he ran as a Democrat. I suspect it's because like most people, he did it for the likes and, uh, he, he, um, he didn't believe that he could win a primary as a Republican, but he thought he could win one as a, as a, as a Democrat. That's just me guessing. I, I, that's always kind of my feeling when guys switch parties has nothing to do with their beliefs or anything. They, they continue with their same beliefs. Uh, and it, it's funny, um, how people are going back and kind of taking apart some of the stuff that he's, he's done and saying like, yep, yeah, that kind of supports that. But, um, on Friday when he apologized, like you, there, there's not a point where you could accuse me, um, of dressing up like a woman. You know what I mean? There's just certain things out there that if you said, Jermaine, you did this. And I'd be like, no, the fuck I didn't. I didn't do that. Even some things just off of principle, um, I know I wouldn't have done. Now there are other things. I remember being in a, um, in a briefing in my squadron and our safety officer, uh, Colonel Perryman was, uh, talking about Georgia, not the state, the country. And he was talking about, um, uh, some of the, you know, the Russian mobs over there. Um, he was talking about a, a trip that he'd been on. And, uh, some of his, uh, guys were out and they were at this bar and they saw this guy get beat up, um, by these thugs and some other, uh, some other kind of crazy shit that popped off. And, uh, he looks back and he goes, well, Jermaine, you were there. And I was like, oh shit, I'm sitting there thinking myself, man, that's a wild fucking story. Man, I know, I, I, and now I remember it now and when he prodded my memory, but as he was telling the story, I was like, man, I don't remember that. Um, 
<laughs> I was like, man, that sounds wild. <laughs> in the back of my mind, man, that sounds like some shit I would be into. And sure shit, I was. So, um, and, and that kind of happens to be in my life where some people are like, and people just remember different things. I was actually, I had a buddy of mine, uh, call me this week. Uh, he just retired and he moved to Texas and we were talking about, um, a particular trip that we had gone on to the Caribbean and, uh, part of the story I remember, part of the story I don't. I've, I've just been a lot of places, done a lot of things and I've been to sleep since then. And so, I just sit there and I go, oh, okay. Well, you know what? That sounds like something I would do. So I'm willing to go along with that. So on Friday when he was apologizing, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. To him, it sounded like some shit he would do. <laughs> Friday evening, though, uh, Saturday morning, he's like, you know what? Wait a minute. Yeah, I had to prove that I actually did that. I know I said it's something that I would do or sounded like something familiar. Uh, but I don't think that's the exact time that I was doing that. That's, that's, that's like your significant other, uh, uh, telling you that you're cheating with, uh, uh, a certain person and, and you being indignant because you're not cheating with them. You're actually cheating with somebody else. And, and how dare you suggest that I'm cheating over there when I'm actually cheating over here? Um, you know, so I don't know. It's, it's kind of crazy. Uh, a lot of people are asking him to step down. Um, I, I honestly think that that's a call that, um, his constituents, uh, should make. I know a lot of people have an opinion about that. And, um, and I, I'll tell you this, um, you know, it, it was 30 years ago and it's funny how time is, um, when, um, when, when we talk about, people and and how time is relative to them um uh, with the supreme court um justice brett kavanaugh um you know we talk about his time and that being a long time ago um but when we talk about the uh the native american uh soldier that was harassed at the uh washington uh was it lincoln monument washington monument lincoln memorial um People are like, well, you know, he had a criminal past. <laughs> it's like some misdemeanors and traffic tickets and shit like that. But it was like 30 something years ago, but it was relevant to that conversation. So, you know, it, it's, it's all who you asked. And it also goes back to the, what reinforces your belief, uh, and what narrative you want to hear to begin with. Um, uh, and, and, and we do that in simple conversation where we mishear people because we wanted to hear something. So we did. Um, you know, and so there's people on both sides of this who want to say that it's been a long time ago. And there's some people say it doesn't matter how long ago it was. It should never been done. And, um, it pisses people off. It pisses off the people that you're supposed to be representing. You don't really represent them and their, and, and their morals and values anymore. And, uh, yeah, you need to step down. We'll see. He seems defiant. He seems like he doesn't want to step down. Um, and it, it's funny to me, uh, how, how the, uh, how the political sides are, are, or their takes on it and everything. But, you know, um, I, I definitely, and I, I preached this before that you can change. I, I definitely think that people can change. And I think that for context, you know, you kind of got to look that 30 years to now and go, okay, well, um, because one of the things that I heard and it makes a lot of sense for me is that 
um, the the things that uh, King and oh happy god damn I am 30 minutes into this before I say that about Black History Month it's <laughs> happy Black History Month um, but when you when you look at uh, you look at King and uh, all our heroes from Black History and stuff um, all our activists uh, they were not protesting over things like uh, being called the N word or uh, that kind of stuff what they were what they protested were policies because there are policies that are inherently biased uh, against people and they, they, they just are and that's what they policies and practices processes um, that are um, biased against um, uh, people of color uh, and, and people without wealth and stuff um, and so that's what they protested. So I'm not worried about, and yes, is blackface offensive? Absolutely. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm more worried about what policies he's, uh, he's backed or supported over the last 30 years that might tell me what his real intent was. Cause there, cause honestly, there's, a, because in some communities and cultures, um, things like, uh, blackface, uh, and you got that from Megan Kelly. And her little comments stuff. Like, oh, well, back in my day, well, yeah, around you and your circle of friends and shit, y'all thought that shit was funny. I mean, it's not, but you thought it was, and it was, so it became normalized. There's a lot of things that are not normal that become normalized, uh, and people just don't see the evil and wrong in it because they grew up in it. Um, and then they get offended because, uh, people are, 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 are attacking their norm. But, um, Anyway, I, I just I would like to see you know has the man changed? It's been thirty years. I think that's enough time to see a change. And I think you know, um, and some people are like, well, we don't give a fuck uh, if he changed. It's over. And I'm just like, man, we are uh, we are so big on canceling people. <laughs> we we so big on canceling people uh, immediately. You know, um, and it's funny who we who we decide to cancel and why, but. You know, uh, you know, people were talking about, you know, this whole thing with R. Kelly and stuff. We had like 20 years of R. Kelly evidence that he was a pedophile. Uh, people are like, yeah, I'm canceling him now. Um, there's a young rapper, 6ix9ine, Tessian, I think his name is, um, who just turned over and started snitching on him. He, he got called him as a racketeer and stuff, which is so funny because like older rappers were like, yo, you can't be out here. You gotta like make a distinct, you can't be out here talking about you're a gangster and you shoot people and you run on people. You're making a federal case against, nah, man, the motherfuckers ain't gonna get me. So they locked his ass up. The feds got him. And now he's turning over on his crew and stuff. And people are like, yo, we cancel this motherfucker because he's snitching. And this other guy, and I don't really know about his history, but evidently he was caught, he was caught up before and some underage shit. They're like, so y'all want to keep the culture wants to cancel this, this dude because he's snitching, not because he's a pedophile. Okay. <laughs> y'all silly as hell. Um, so I mean I don't get it, but you know it is what it is. Um, what I what I what I really wanted to talk about today, um, I didn't really have a lot of real estate stuff to talk about today. I, I did want to talk about um, some leadership stuff. Uh, I've just had some conversations, some really good conversations over the past uh, week um, with different people, and and and, and it's funny um, how it, it's sort of like. Um, so today's, uh, day Sunday, February 3rd, 
Super Bowl's going on, uh, Patriots versus the Rams. Uh, I probably will not get my wish, but I want the Rams to win because uh, I hate the Patriots. It is what it is. Um, but when you look at those guys out there playing and stuff, you look at these professional stuff, they make it look so freaking easy. And I think a lot of times, like when we look at leadership and stuff, especially with good leaders, they make it look so easy. And the principles of leadership are easy. But it's like anything else. It's kind of like uh, when we talk about uh, working out or uh, eating healthy or, you know, what, what are, you know, I'm going to read a book, you know, 20 minutes a day, all these things that we say that we're going to do. Uh, and then life comes in and, you know, uh, it becomes complicated and it comes a little harder. Even the simplest things um, be- become um, just excruciating to execute. And, but so, I, but I did want to talk about a, a, a couple things that kind of stood out from the conversations that I had uh, this week um, about leadership. And we were, um, I, I was talking about, um, I was talking to a very nice young lady, and she was talking about um, all things that she had done to set herself up for promotion. And she got a call from a supervisor. And he was asking her, hey, uh, this is available. I need you to go do this. I need you to go do this. And she's like, well, that'd be okay. But then, like, he's calling other people, and he's telling them the same thing. And I'm like, well, what's the problem? Well, basically, now the playing field, if everybody does the same thing, then we're all equal. How do you choose? And I go, well, you know, uh, education is just one component uh, when you're looking uh, for somebody. And quite honestly, um you, you've you kind of got your lens flipped backwards on this one. And so I told her, one of the things that I always said was, is that if I, if I knew something, I would share it with my peers. Um, if there was a class available, if anything that would make them sharper or something that I had completed that I thought was worthwhile, um, I definitely wanted to give them that resource too. And I know a lot of people are going like, man, that sounds like self-sabotage. Is it really? Um, because, uh, when we look at these football players, they're all fucking, there's not, there's not a sorry player <laughs> out there. There just isn't. They are the best in the world, the best in the world. And what happens when you're around the best, iron sharpens iron and you get better. Um, you do not get better around weak competition. A lot of people tend to play down to their competition level. Uh, one of the things I always said was, is that if I was to ever get my last stripe, um, I always, I always looked at the man of leadership sort of like King Arthur and being destined and, and pulling the sword from the stone. And you had to be worthy. You had to be the guy. Everybody else had put their hands on the fucking hilt and tried to pull and tried to pull and tried to pull. It only broke free for you. I believe that about leadership. I believe that I'm going to be the dude that pulls the sword from the stone, not because no one else tried and I was the last one there or just hadn't be Tuesday and the sword had fucking given up and we just needed somebody to be a leader, but because there were a lot of strong, smart, agile dudes, men and women there who had tried before me and it was just mine. I had outworked everybody. We got the same hours in the gym. We eat the same fucking food. It's just in my DNA. I'm the one. It's my time. That's just me. I, I've always believed in that sword and stone. I wanted to raise 
I wanted to have that that that, that one like you know uh, <laughs> uh, Captain Morgan's uh, had that one leg up and sword raised above my head and stand above my peers and everybody to recognize that in a in a sea of absolute beasts, I was the one that stood out above all of them. And, and you can say, well, I, man, I don't know if I want that kind of competition. You don't really want to be a great leader. That's not what great leaders do. Great leaders just don't sit there and they're just not there because, you know, well, you know, we just fill in time. You know, it's like, <laughs> that's like, that's like in any kind of relationship, uh, personal, professional, you know, in my love life, I wouldn't want to be just, you know, well, you know what? You're, you're not exactly what I was looking for, <laughs> but you'll do. I don't want to fucking just do. I want to be the one. Um, and the, the other side of that, as a leader, if, if you're on the other side, um, it's, it's kind of like what I told that young lady is I said, you know, so, uh, when I get back home, one of the things I got to do is I got to aerate my yard. Uh, I got to fertilize. I, just, I mean, I, I'm, I, I mean, I got weeds. I got to de-weed. I got to pull these weeds out and stuff. I just hold analogy leadership on weed and stuff. But the big thing was, I said, I got to seed. And when I seed, I overseed. And what that really means is, is that instead of, uh, thinking that every seed is going to be a grain of grass and stuff, I assume off top that I'm going to have some dormant seeds that are not going to grow. And so as a leader, I think you have to make the same assumption when you give out your advice and stuff. You have to kind of overseed, um, your, your people, you give them, you give everybody a shot at it and you give everybody the same thing and you, and you see what actually sprouts up. Because like I told her, I said, well, he's telling you to do stuff. How much of stuff did he tell you that you actually do? Is there, if there's somebody else that wants it more then they just want it more, if you want it, then you need to want it more. And that's just, that's simply how it is for competition stuff. And I mean, that's one of those elements that we've kind of bred out of our, our, our kids and stuff. And that's why I was so happy. Um, uh, and I, and I think that's actually what made my daughter do well is that she wanted to compete. Not that she likes school, <laughs> but she likes winning. Oh, she, she loves winning. Um, so she wanted to compete. And so she, she knew that she had to do something a little extra to compete. And so that, that's what, that's what I'll tell you, you know, so on the, on the, on the receiving end of it, uh, don't be afraid because other people are getting the same information. Um, uh, it's about who wants it more in the end. And then on the leadership side of it, don't be afraid to give everybody equal. Don't pick favorites and put all your eggs in one basket, literally putting all your eggs in one basket type scenario. Overseed. That's how you get that golf course grass. That's it. That, that's how you get it. If you want the grass to be greener on your side of the fence, overseed and overwater that damn thing. Fertilize it. Grow, 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 grow. I don't know. I mean, I just, I can't emphasize that enough for you is that that's where you got to be. That's where your head's got to be at. Um, you know, and if you're going to be a successful leader, I'm trying to segue into this to, to this other conversation that I had. Um, one of the things that people have problems with when you're, when you're, when you're doing stuff is that, um, a lot of leaders don't know how to inspire and motivate. And really, I think that comes from a lack of trust. I don't think that your people really trust you because you're probably saying things that should be inspirational, should be motivational, but they don't trust you. And in, re- in regards to the conversation I had earlier, it's because 
you do silly things like talking about people with your door open. I mean, that's the, whole, the reason that you get an office as a boss <laughs> is so that you can keep private information private. Because if, if I hear you talking about uh, Joe or Sally or whoever and stuff, when I leave, I, I can only assume that you talk about me too when I'm gone. And so you, you, you really have to, and it, and it seems like say, it seems like a very simple thing, but how many times as a supervisor have you, uh, talked to, to one of your friends, talked about somebody else's business? Th- that was their business. The person you're talking to doesn't need to know. They're not, they're not involved in any kind of way. You're just gossiping. And I think it's one of the kind of things that you just need to, but, and, and you're doing it for likes. And this whole leadership thing, you can't do this shit for likes. You, you can't. It's got to be something internal and personal to you. It's got to be part of what I say your culture is and what you're understanding, the things that you want to hear. You got to do it because you want your, your, your friends and your peers to get better. You want your organization to get better. And you believe in all that. You just can't be out here doing shit because you want the smiles and the laughs and the giggles and stuff. You know, your entire life isn't about being validated for everything that you do. So, you know, you, you know, that whole thing, um, uh, my, 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 my ex was really big about this when people would talk about me as a father and stuff. And, you know, she might be out somewhere and be like, well, where are the kids at? Where they're with their dad. Oh, he's such a good dad. Um, she's like, why? Well, he, I mean, he's got the girls for you. And she's like, those are his damn girls. And you know what? She was fucking right. They're my girls. I'm not doing anything. That's why I kind of, you know, I hate to say offense, but when like when people are like, oh, you're a good father, I'm like, I'm not doing anything. I'm watching my kids. <laughs> I'm trying, you know, anything I do for my kids, that's what they deserve. That's not the, uh, that's not extraordinary. That is what they deserve. Now, do they get some extraordinary stuff? In my opinion, yes, they do. Girls, you're, sm- you're spoiled. If you ever listen to this, you're spoiled. But, um, but no, seriously, um, but that, that's my mandate. And as a leader, it's the same thing. It shouldn't be, you shouldn't be doing things because you're trying to get likes from your, um, from either your supervisors or, uh, from your subordinates and stuff. You should be doing it because that's how you feel and that's your mandate. That's what you owe your people. And there, that's that whole thing about servant leadership too. You actually do owe your subordinates some things. You work for them. And, you know, in title and in structure, they work for you, but in turn, you work for them. And that's where you've got to be on top of your game trying to figure out how you're actually going to do that, how you're going to work for them, how you're going to make all this come together. Because you, you got to understand as a leader that conflict is natural. You, you're going to have some things that rub, and you know that it's just not always going to be pretty. There's always going to be some other things in the mix and stuff. But you gotta gotta understand that it's okay, and it's your job. Just take a deep breath. Um, you know, in the past couple of weeks, you know, I was, I was talking about my mood, and my attitude, and stuff, and I really just have been down. And I'm doing a lot better. Um, today and I'll be doing better tomorrow and stuff, but it really was, uh, me sitting down looking in the mirror and going, you know, man, man you gotta get your shit together. <laughs> you really do. You gotta get your shit together. What are you doing? And reminding myself of some things that were, um, the, of core importance to me, like my girls. Um, 
Um, and honestly, like you, I think I owe you guys, you know, for anybody that sits here for uh, an hour listening to me, I owe you something every week. Um, I, I owe you something motivational. Uh, owe you something educational. Uh, and, and I owe you a little bit of entertainment. And so, <laughs> and I, and I, and I, and I try to provide all that. Maybe not all, maybe not all three every episode. Man, those are really good episodes. Um, but, um, I, I try to give you that, um, before I, my, before I end my podcast. And so in, in, in trying to, to help with that, you know, it's tax season. A lot of people are getting their money back. And I, and I keep talking about real estate and stuff and real estate agents. Um, one of the things that, um, and, and passive income. And one of the things I, I, I always keep talking about is being able to use like Airbnb. Um, to, uh, to get yourself some extra income. And now everybody can't do that because some people are in apartments and stuff like that and you, you can't sublease and stuff like that. Uh, so here, here's a play I would tell you. I would tell you to go down to your, your local, uh, uh, your county offices and stuff and, uh, figure out where they, they keep, uh, the information for all the tax liens. Um, I, I kind of hate this. <laughs> because to me it's profiteering off of other people's misfortunes or whatever. But there, there are houses out there that you can go buy, uh, for what you get in your, for what some people get, some people get in their tax returns. And, uh, so for a lot of money, you can go buy your house. Um, you, you there, there's a process to it. Um, uh, basically you have to find the houses, you have to show up for the court. Um, you have to figure out what, what's going to be at auction and stuff. And then you have to go to the auction and actually bid. I mean, it's a process. Uh, most real estate agents aren't going to help you with that kind of shit because, uh, honestly, as a real estate agent, um, what I want is I want you to buy, I want you buying or selling a half million dollar home. Um, <laughs> because I get a percentage of that. Um, if the, the houses that I'm talking about are, are, they may not be in good condition. Um, or whatever, but it's just an idea, a thought, you know, finding some tax liens, buying those houses, fixing them up, and then renting them out, and having that start your passive income, and then maybe this time next year you buy another house or the first house and start paying for um, some of your debt down and stuff. Um, so, I mean, again, I, I just think there's there's just so many things you can do, and I keep saying the laws are written for people that uh, that own property and own businesses. Uh, Make sure that if you, if you, if you are doing stuff like that, even if it's in my mind, even if it's just Airbnb, you need, you need to become a record keeper. The, um, the, the big thing about being a business owner is, is, uh, having, having your records in order. And, um, I don't know, there's, there's, there's not a lot of shortcuts to it. You just have to. Uh, that's why if you, I mean, most businesses have someone that does their books for them. Uh, you know, a lot of people come up with good ideas and stuff and they're like the RTs and, uh, but they're not business people. And that's kind of why they fail. Not because they didn't have a good product, not because you didn't make good cakes or you couldn't sew or, you, you know, your tutoring business. Uh, it was the book side of it. It was kind of killing you. Um, but, um, but you have to be a good bookkeeper or you have to have a good bookkeeper, um, for any business if you want to be successful. Um, and cause that's, that's where you're going to find all your, um, all your write-offs and all the things that you can claim, um, uh, through the tax code. But, um, man, I don't know. That was, uh, that was kind of, kind of quick <laughs> for me. Uh, probably wasn't that fucking quick for you, but, 
I, I appreciate you um, listening, staying all the way to the end of the podcast. Uh, again, I love all of you. I, I, uh, I thank you so much for tuning in every week. Uh, you guys are uh, completely awesome because, you know, at this point, um, you, you don't have to. <laughs> <laughs> I I I think listening to like I had a buddy of mine uh, TJ and he listened to the last episode and, and he said that was his uh, he actually left a comment on the website and he said that uh, that was the first podcast he ever listened to so shout out to TJ Hooker um my man Blackjack um I, I really uh I appreciate the comments uh the feedback I really do each and every whether no matter how I get it I know a lot of people don't like to to leave their comments out in public and stuff and I appreciate everybody who does um but I, it really helps me and um but you know like i said i don't i don't do this shit for the likes i really don't i really do believe that i've got something good to say and i just want to keep sharing it and uh so i take all this stuff in you know uh if this stuff ever helps me out one day i mean that's awesome and everything but like i say um i don't do this shit for the likes i do it for the people i'm a man of the people i will continue to be a man of the people i will continue to be your man because Valentine's Day is coming up and I'm probably going to need somebody to hold. Anyway, you have just listened to another episode of the main event. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go. I gotta go.